Welcome to the Sober Mofos Podcast, where we discuss how to get sober, how to stay sober, and how to live a healthy, happy life in sobriety. My name is Dirk Foster, and I'm a sobriety coach and author, and I've been sober since 2007. If you want to reduce how much you drink, or if you want to quit drinking entirely, it's important to get a basic understanding of why we consume alcohol to excess in the first place. Okay, everybody's experience with alcohol is different. No two people are the same when it comes to excessive drinking and substance abuse. All of us have our own specific reasons why we do certain things, of course. We all make choices in life, good or bad, based on our personalities, upbringing, our family dynamics, our social circumstances. There's no single answer as to why we do anything in life, including abusing alcohol. However, history as well as anecdotal evidence points to a certain specific contributing factors that most people share when it comes to substance abuse of any kind, whether it's alcohol abuse or drug abuse. And I want to talk about one in particular, which is fear. I call it the beast, fear. That's what I want to talk about today. Before I begin, if you get a chance, um, please visit my website, which is SoberMofos.com. There you're going to find all sorts of resources and blog articles and videos and books and audio books that you can check out and look at um, in regards to addiction and recovery and sobriety. And also, if you know anybody who is struggling with addiction or sobriety, please share this podcast with them. And I appreciate your help. Thanks. So one of the most common factors shared by, I'd say most people around the world who have a problematic relationship with alcohol is fear. Fear is often a brutal beast. That's what I like to call it, the beast, that, that, that has to be overcome if we are ever going to reduce or quit drinking. Fear can never be eliminated entirely from the human mind, of course. It's, you know, it's, it's built into our brains in order to help us survive in the world. However, it is imperative that we learn to recognize our fears so that we are able to work with them rather than trying to run from them. Okay, so fear often plays a significant role in the lives of problem drinkers. Like I said, fear, like anything else we're, we're discussing, either in this podcast or, you know, in my books or whatever, comes in many shapes and sizes. No two people experience fear exactly the same way or deal with it in exactly the same way. Nonetheless, fear is, is a very common trait amongst problem drinkers that leads them to make poor decisions when it comes to drinking. And I go into this in, in a lot more detail in one of my books, which is called Polluted, My Sober Journey. And, it, you know, I cover a lot of um, elements or, or, or a lot of my own experience with grappling with fear and how it was so crippling to my life and how it really brought me to my knees and, and led to my, you know, many, many years of self-destructive behavior in terms of drinking. So if you get a chance, you might want to check that out. But I can tell you from my own experience that I've all, always felt an inordinate amount of fear that started in early childhood. I was never able to completely identify what or who made me feel so afraid. I just remember always having a sense of anxiety and apprehension about most things, including people and new experiences, people in particular. <laughs> there was always an underlying 
apprehension or uncertainty that accompanied everything I did, whether it was meeting new people, attending social events, trying new things, expressing emotions. Fear, in many ways, dominated my life for years. And I discovered at an early age that alcohol immediately erased the fear that always seemed to haunt me. Alcohol delivered the exact opposite of fear. It brought comfort and warmth and, in, and you know, a sense it encouraged me to, you know, move forward. It was amazing to discover that a few beers or a few shots of vodka would almost entirely eliminate all my fear and anxiety. Alcohol gave me the ability to be outspoken, extroverted, funny, brave. Most importantly, as a teenager, alcohol gave me the ability to speak with girls. And that was, that was very important to me. I can't overemphasize, overemphasize how important this was at the time. I had always been too terrified to speak with girls, let alone dance with them or ask them out on dates. And alcohol changed all that. If I had a few drinks in my system, I became instantly outgoing, humorous, and bold. You know, a real bon vivant, as they say. And later in life, I discovered that alcohol could help me through all sorts of situations. In particular, social situations were improved with several drinks in my system. I, now, I've stated earlier in, in other podcasts and, and, and whatnot, I, I've always been a shy and semi-introverted person. And this is just my nature. I've learned to accept this part of my personality, and I'm completely comfortable with it now. However, for many years, especially in my, in my youth, my natural shyness was a source of tremendous pain and discomfort. I would do anything I could to mask it and overcompensate. Alcohol became the perfect tool for overcoming my shyness. What triggers fear is the threat of harm, whether it's real or imagined. We encounter countless perceived threats as we travel through life. Many things like, I don't know, flying, heights, snakes, spiders, claustrophobia, you know, all these types of things elevate fear in our brain. While many of our fears are real and serve to protect us from danger, other fears, perhaps most in fact, are simply a result of an overactive imagination. We simply conjure up certain fears and phobias as a way to avoid things that make us feel uncomfortable. And perhaps you've experienced this type of avoidance yourself. There may be times when you don't want to do something like go to a social gathering, a party, a business event, because you know that, that you'll be socially uncomfortable. You conjure up an image in your head that you won't know how to speak with people or what to say, and fear begins to rise up. And it can overwhelm your brain. When this happens, you may think up an excuse to not attend the gathering, the party, or the event. Or if you're like me, you'll realize that alcohol will most likely be served at the event. Therefore, you'll think, as long as I can get to a drink quickly as soon as I arrive, or have a few drinks before I arrive, then I can quickly eradicate any of the social anxiety and fear that I anticipate. Okay? So... It's a simple formula that often works pretty well. If there's something that needs to be confronted, confronted, something that causes fear, then alcohol is the fastest, most effective solution to the problem. Have a drink and say adios to the fear. The problem with this formula, however, is that over time, we never truly learn how to deal with whatever causes us fear. 
And if we keep drinking every time we're afraid, eventually we develop serious drinking problems, which is certainly what happened to me. The fact is life is filled with an abundance of situations and things that cause discomfort and fear. This is simply the way life presents itself. And there's nothing we can do to avoid fear or discomfort in life. Fear, in fact, can be a great teacher. We can learn so much about ourselves if we are willing to work with fear and not hide from or run from our fears. I want to give you an example. So when I was a kid, flying was something I enjoyed doing, flying on airplanes. But things changed during my college years. I used, to fro- I used to fly back and forth between California and Boston, where I was attending college. And at first, flying back and forth never bothered me. However, I was often hung over on the flights I took across the country. Because I, you know, it was college and I drank a lot and partied a lot. My, my college days, of course, were filled with a great deal of partying, resulting in frequent hangovers, which would only increase in the coming years. As most heavy drinkers know, hangovers often create anxiety. I certainly experienced many, many hangovers that involved anxiety and even paranoia. Um, you know, the, just those soul-crushing hangovers where you're feeling jittery and on edge and just you just develop that sense of, you know, anxiety, paranoia. <laughs> Everything just would, you know, freak me out. And, and while flying back and forth from coast to coast, we were often caught in bad weather, including um, several snores, snowstorms that I remember. And this, combined with my anxiety-riddled hangovers, eventually evolved into a a hesitancy about flying. And over time, my hesitancy devolved into fear of flying. So eventually, the fear of flying developed into an intense phobia. And by my early 30s, I was terrified to get on a plane. And when I had to fly, I would drink myself into a blinding stupor just to be able to board the plane. Now, my fear of flying became so acute that I went on I went an entire decade without boarding a commercial air- airline. I even missed my grandmother's funeral because of my inability to get on an airplane, which is something that still causes me a, a great deal of regret and shame to this day. The first time I got back on an airplane was in 2011, and I had been sober for several years and made the decision that I was going to start flying again no matter what. Come hell or high water, I was going to fly again. So I finally boarded my first flight to Los Angeles to visit the woman who later became my wife. I was living uh, I was living somewhere else. I was living in Tahoe and she was living in Los Angeles. So we were commuting back and forth. So I took my seat and felt the old terror rising and it was overwhelming my brain. You know, that old fear. And the fight or flight response was intense. Before the doors had closed, I considered getting off the plane and driving to Los Angeles instead. But I didn't want to take that, that, that route. I didn't want to give in. So this is what happened. A man took a seat next to me who, who it turns out was a rabbi. And I'm not Jewish, but I felt a sense of ease and, and comfort knowing that this man who was dedicated to God, was sitting next to me. It just made me feel a little, a little bit safer. And we began a casual conversation. And at some point, this is before the plane took off, I revealed to him my phobia and the fact that I hadn't flown in many years. And he smiled gently and without judgment, told me that in his experience, he had found that most of our fears are only imagined, much like the monsters that live in the minds of children or in the closets of children, right? In the, the bedroom closet. 
The monsters are not real, but our minds trying to convince us. Our minds try to convince us otherwise. If we're only willing to realize and accept that most of our fears are not real, we can find the courage we need to move forward and achieve and experience whatever we want in life. So I, I, I can tell you honestly, I don't know why his words were so powerful at that moment, but my fears diminished significantly. And the plane took off and it flew smoothly and we landed in Los Angeles without, in LA without incident. You know, surprise, surprise. My fear of flying didn't cease immediately, I'll be honest. It still took several more years before I was comfortable flying on a regular basis. Even to this day, I experience mild hesitation whenever I board a plane. But the difference is now I board the plane no matter what. Fear or no fear, I get on the plane and fly wherever the hell I want to go. Most of our fears in life are imagined, and that's what I want to say. As the rabbi informed me that day many years ago, whether it's the fear of flying, the fear of people, the fear of failure, financial fear, or whatever, the things we fear the most often come from our imagination and have no real power over us, okay? They come from our imagination, so they don't have any real power over us if, unless we allow them to. If we're simply willing to keep moving forward, walking through our fear instead of running from our fear, we have a much greater chance of success in every aspect of our lives. If sobriety has taught me anything, it's that fear has been one of the most destructive forces in my life. For too many years, I allowed fear to keep me from experiencing and achieving the things I wanted. So once I finally got sober, I was able to face my fears with a clear head, free from alcohol in my brain, and my life changed dramatically for the better. I still experience fear from time to time, of course, like it's like a beast that hides in my head. It's always there. It's always going to be there. But I do my best to ignore the fear and keep moving forward. I try never to allow fear to stop me or hold me back. Fear is usually just our imagination running wild. Instead of giving into it, we must do our best to ignore it, putting one foot in front of the other as we head down the path of greater experience, unshackled by fear. So when we talk about fear, obviously, you know, we're talking about in, as it relates to anything we do in life. If we're, you know, struggling with our sobriety, if we're just trying to experience life, we can't let fear dominate us and run things and run our lives. All right. So if you're afraid of life and, you, and it drives you to drink, you need to work on that. If you're afraid of getting sober because you don't know what to expect, you need to, you know, face the fear and, and do it anyway. You know, if you're if you're in sobriety right now and you're afraid that you you're afraid of just experiencing life on life's terms without alcohol, alcohol, and you think you might go back to drinking or relapse, you need to work on that. You need to deal with the fear that's con that's confronting you. You know, feel the fear and do it anyway. Okay. So think about that. Put it into practice if you can. Do your best. You know, whenever fear arises, you know, accept it, face it head on. Don't run from it. Um, understand that, you know, if you, most of our fears are just made up in our head, it, you know, most of it's just bullshit. <laughs> it's just the old demons telling us um, that we're not good enough or that, you know, it, uh, disaster is right around the corner. And most of the time it's not, you know, life is, you know, you, you'll be just fine. Just, you know, face your fears, walk through whatever it is that you're experiencing. Enjoy life as much as you can free from fear. Okay. So I wanted to share that with you today. Um, again, if you get a chance, please visit my website at sobermofos.com and share this podcast if you can. 
and please stay safe. Thank you.